Hello there. You are listening to the MCC Sunday Sermon. We are so glad you could join us. We pray that this message will encourage you, build your faith on your journey with God. Enjoy. Hey, hey, hey. How are you all this morning? I wonder if I've got just something I can put these books in. I'm really not that short. Could we sort of... uh... (laughs) I was about that tall when I was about six. There we go. It's better for the giant that I am. Thank you. Good morning. Please take your seats. I am so excited to be here this morning and I feel like I have a word in my spirit for your church. So enjoy the moment of thinking you're just going to relax in church today. (laughs) Um, God's just laid something very strong upon my heart for you as a house. Um, God is going to really use this church mightily on the Sunshine Coast um, before I start, because I didn't do this Friday night, and I just need to get it out of the way because I'm really bad at this, but I've just got a number of books here. Um, I wrote this book, Prophesy. This is my main life gift, uh, prophesying. And um, so that's amazing uh, truth to help you in your quiet time to learn to prophesy over your world. Um, this is my – I hate doing this so much. I'm just the worst person, but they really will resource you. Um, this is my husband's latest book, uh, The Truth Diet. If you ever get to meet my husband, he will unpick everything you've ever thought about anything you ever believed (laughs) and make you think, because sometimes we just believe stuff because we've been told and we haven't thought it through and prayed it through and got what we need from God. This is my husband's book, The Hit Factory. And um, so uh, what we did in England, we never ever um, brought anybody in from anywhere else. We actually grew all our own leaders from coming into Sheffield University. We grew them and they became our pastors. And this was this is a book about um, creating the next generation, et cetera, et cetera. They're all there. Um, Dave will be horrified at the way I said that. But anyway, okay. So it's really, really exciting um, to be here this morning. As you can tell, I am not British. Um, so I've known Angela and Noel since Angela was 16. So any stories you want, come to me. But the, but the flip side of that is that Angela also knew me when I was 26 years old uh, with a perm mullet. No, I didn't have a mullet perm. Long hair. Well, that was only lasted for about five years. Um, so uh, we went to England, as your pastor said, um, in 1991. I was 25 years old. Uh, I was five months pregnant. Uh, we left Australia with $100 a month support and believed God basically to eat. And as you can tell, I do not have malnutrition. And so God uh, looked after us all those years and enabled us to plant uh, so many churches. And then two years ago, Jesus blessed me and he allowed us to come home. <laughs> and my son has been back in Australia for eight years. And so for eight years, we had, we've only got one son, Ryan. We had been 10,000 miles apart from our son. And so it's, he lives in Sydney now. And uh, he's actually just been signed by Hillsong in the last uh, couple of weeks to write all their musical quiet time albums. So anything you hear from now on will be my, my son on the keys. But I just thought I'd paint the picture at the beginning so you can decide whether you want to listen to me or whether you want to go to sleep. But um, your choice. So um, way back in the beginning, maybe 15 years ago, uh, my husband and I, we wrote a book called Up the Creek Without a Paddle. And uh, it was basically the, <laughs> the story of our first 15 years in the UK. 
and, and the stories of believing God and, and all the craziness that went on. And like I remember when my son was born and um, my son um, is very, very hyperactive like his father and uh, still is. And I remember when he was just a tiny baby and he was so hyperactive, um, I wanted to buy one of those baby bounces. You know the things you hang your kids in? Not like hang, <laughs> as in you hang them in the doorway, yeah. And uh, we didn't have a penny. We were believing God, like I said, for everything. And um, so we prayed. And the next day, my husband goes up into the loft of the little tiny terrace house that we were living in at that time. And in England, they're very small. And he went up into the loft, and the only thing in the loft of the house was a baby bouncer. Just all these amazing... I don't know whether the rats brought it through from the other terrace houses. I don't know how it got there. Um, but just the incredible stories of our early days of pioneering church. Um, there was another story once when we were putting on this crusade in Sheffield in the early days, and Dave had glandular fever, and uh, he vomited five times out of the car door on the way to the meeting and, and got up and preached. Because this is what you do, you know, when you're... Yeah, this is what you do. <laughs> anyway, I was just thinking about all these stories of us in the beginning, all the mad moments when we sold houses to purchase buildings and, and all the incredible things we did back in the day. And I thought, I never want to do them again. <laughs> was my thought. And as I was thinking about it, I realized that in order for us to move from where we are to the next season God has for our lives, we don't want just to turn a lazy page of a book. We don't want to just have another chapter of a previous season. I'm speaking to you to Meriden Church today. But actually, God is wanting to move us, not from a lazy read of what we've done up till now, but into a whole new season, a new book. And the title of my message today for your house is The Sequel. And I want to honour in this place today all of you beautiful people that I've met that have been in the journey of this. Well done, my good and faithful servants, those that have leaned in to the incredible vision. This is probably one of the most amazing buildings I've ever been in, in the world. I mean, I've never been in a church that's had a swimming pool before. Like, we had to roll out and blow up a, a baptismal tank, you know. You just, like, walk on outside and jump. New chapter in, in the life of your church. But not just a new chapter, it's a whole new book. There's DNA and there's characters and there's people from the previous story it's like when they do a sequel movie on TV and, or on, at the movies, like Top Gun. Never seen one, but apparently they're good. A lot of people get shot. It's not sort of my thing. But <laughs> the characters, you know when you're going to the sequel movie that the DNA and the characters of what have been in the previous movie are still in the movie. You never lose that DNA. But the story's different. And so I want you to lean in today because I believe God, God is unwrapping and unraveling a whole new story for you as a community church. It excited me as I walked in. What you've got to know about Dave and I in Sheffield, we bought a 55,000 square foot garden tool factory from the 1800s and did it up. And in it we had a cafe a children's play centre, 
a full-time nursery, a conference centre. We let out things in the building. I leaned in and I thought, when I walked in here on Friday and I thought, oh my goodness. And as the British would say, oh my giddy aunt. What an incredible place. You need to lean in what God is doing for your future with anticipation and excitement about what is going to happen next. This is no longer a lazy next page read. That is, let, a, let us line up row upon row about what God wants to do in your community in Jesus' name. I could sit down now. That would be enough. But let me read to you from the Word. And it's from John chapter 2, and it's a story of when Jesus turned the water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. Mothers are always in the best places. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Always handy to do what Jesus tells you, just as a tip for free. Nearby stood six stone water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He didn't realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Even Jesus didn't get the glory for this miracle. The bridegroom did. It's amazing, isn't it? Then he called the bridegroom inside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best wine till now. Let me prophesy over you, Meridian Meridian Community Church. Say it right. This morning, he has saved the best wine till now. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, he has saved the best wine till now. Turn to the other side, wake them up and say, he has saved the best wine till now. Everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine. For those that have had too much to drink. (laughs) But you've saved the best till now. One of um, our family sayings in the Gilpin household is G to G. And G to G is glory to glory. And that God doesn't want us as his children or his house to ever stay in the same place. Because he's always pouring ever-increasing glory into the house of God. And let me just say, this is not, I actually wrote this yesterday. So this is fresh off the press for you. In all the churches that I've been in Australia since I've been back, the most exciting places are regional churches. Because God's doing something very, very fresh and very new in the regional areas of Australia, and it excites me. I was, two weekends ago, I was in Stanthorpe, and then I drove another hour west, and I was in a tin shed in Texas, Texas, Queensland. And I loved every minute of it. This was raw church planning in the back 
you had to watch for the kangaroos in your car on the way back in. It was just so exciting. God is doing incredible stuff in regional Australia. But what we do when we have been in church for a while and we've seen so much is we begin to settle for yesterday's magnificence and we begin to develop sensible lives. This is the point at which you can begin to hate me. My car's out there and then I can leave after. This is the point at which we develop sensible lives. We develop sensible shoes, sensible bank balances. We just get sensible and the radicalness of where we used to live, we've left it in the realm of our youth. God wants you to step again into a whole new season of magnificence and to look again at the wonder of heaven and what he wants to pour out in this season of your life and your church. Is anybody with me this morning? I am here today to proclaim this to you, Meriden. I keep saying it wrong. Meriden, the best wine, the choicest of fruits, the lion's share, the biggest portion, the largest slice of the cake. God has saved it till now. He saved it till this season. The next chapter in the book, but not just a new chapter, a whole new book. A whole new storyline, a whole new twist. I pray I'm getting you excited this morning that God wants to do a new thing. He wants to bring the last laugh, the new song, the over and above, the greatest outpouring, the purest compassion. Is anybody getting excited with me today? The greatest grace, the perfect healing, the perfect opportunity is saved to now. And I don't know about you, when I look at the news and I look what's going on in our country right now, we need a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God again to come into our church communities. I'm on, I'm on my, I'm, 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 I'm going. We need the power of God in our communities. We need community churches that are the light of the world and are not some club that people aren't allowed into. And your door in this house today is exactly the same vision that we had in all our churches in England, that we would have buildings that people lived in during the week, that they would come into and they would barely even know they'd walked into a church building, but there was something incredible as they walked in. I need to calm down. (laughs) So in Sheffield, England... A large proportion of the community is Muslim. And we would have women in their hijabs and in full Muslim dress coming into our building every day of the week and they were getting saved. Because it, they didn't see religion on the door. They saw the welcoming hand of Christ as people entered them in. And this is, I'm, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to prophesy over your house at the end. But we're just getting there. This is not the end. It's the beginning of the greatest outpouring. If you've seen what you think is abundance in this building, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything of the connections that God wants to give to your house. You haven't seen anything of the, of the, the favour of the local community and the council over this house. You haven't seen anything yet. In actual fact, God just spoke to my spirit then that he's going to give you um, incredible favour. 
Even for plans that are afoot in your, your mind's eye right now, God's going to give your house incredible favor. He's going to give you a doorway in. You're going to meet someone, Dan, that's going to be your doorway to your next. Very, very uh, professional person that you will be um, immediately slightly intimidated by. But God says, do not fear, I'm with you. And he's going to open up multiple meetings with you, with somebody that's very, very crucial to this community in Jesus' name. Just a little side thing for the free there. So in this story of when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother basically said, well, this is the potential to be no fun anymore if you're into the alcoholic beverages. And um, don't you love that Jesus' first miracle was basically creating controversy for the church worldwide for the next thousands of years. I love him. And he was just saying it's all gone, like all the booze is gone. But all gone is the full stop that demands another sentence. Nobody ever enters into a step or a place of faith when your hands are full. All gone is that place that demands you to step into faith in your necks. It's the currency that runs heaven. Now, I've always wished that Jesus had a money tree. Who's always wished you had one of those in your garden? Abracadabra, down it falls into the hand. These days it'd have to be a card (laughs) into your hand. But why does Jesus not do abracadabra? Because his currency is not a money tree. His currency is faith. It's, his currency is you getting a hold of in your heart that he wants to do something incredible in your life and your church. Faith requires action. Jesus asked the people, he said, go and fill up the pots. Jesus could only fill as many pots as you bring to him to fill. You've got to have a faith action to take you there. He wanted to take what was used for water, normal pots, and he wanted to use them for a sacred purpose. He wanted to do a miracle. He wanted these people to bring to him something that would house a miracle. You've got to do something that could house a miracle. And my challenge to your life today was when was the last time that you did something that would house a miracle? When was the last time that you teetered, and I would teeter on the edge of this stage as an example this morning, but A, I have two artificial hips which I'd rather not dislocate, and B, I don't want to step on the flowers. But when was the last time that you needed a miracle so much in your life that you walked to that place and you teetered on the edge of the impossible and the only thing that could happen in your life was a miracle? That's where the church needs to live. That's where we need to live in our lives. Jesus has the power to do anything, but he needs faith and action. I'm reminded of another story in John chapter 9. And it's the story of the blind man with Jesus at the pool of Siloam. It says in John 9, verse 6 to 7, Then Jesus spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the blood over the blind man's eyes. Well, 
You'd be arrested if you did that these days, wouldn't you? He told him, go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back and came home seeing. Let's go to the elephant in the room here. The guy was still blind when he had the saliva and mud. What a wonderful mixture. On his eyes. He was still blind. The elephant in the room here is that he had to go to the pool of Siloam and he was still blind. And not only was blind, he now had a cakey mixture on his face and he wasn't quite sure what it was because he didn't know it had involved spit and mud because he couldn't see. Now, Siloam means scent. So somehow that guy had to believe that if he pushed to the pool called scent, he would get his miracle. You've got to push through to the pool called scent. And as a house, because it's very nice just to sit here, isn't it, in our new building, but there's a community just behind that fence that deserves you to push through to the pool called scent. There's a community on the Sunshine Coast here that needs you to push through to the pool called sin, that needs you to lean into the gifting that God's placed on each and every individual life because no church can thrive with just the pastor. See, you thought I was nice and now you're realizing it's not true. You've got to push through. You've got to push through. The new wine is your next big step. It's amazing that Jesus brought out the choicest wine and created a miracle out of jars and water. God wants to pour out the new, the miraculous, and the much more in this coming season. There's a whole new season and ministry, a new segment unlike that which you have ever lived. Let me encourage you, for those of that here that are a little bit older, and I'm... I'm Swiftly moving into that bracket. The hand of God and what God wants to do with your life is not over till they carry you out in the box. You need to lean in to what God's got for your next. I know a guy in Australia who's 79 and he's planting a church. Just throw that out there. This is the sequel. This is the place where we choose to leave yesterday and embrace the new. Someone said to me the other day, he says, Jen, you're in the mother of the faith season. And I just, for half an hour, was thinking, I don't want to be in the mother in the faith season. I want to be 35 and cool. Problem, my son's 31. And then the Holy Spirit began speaking to me and saying, Jen, If you don't step into the season that I want you to step in, you're pilfering everybody out out of the season that God wants to give them. If you don't allow God to step you into your new season, you're pilfering everybody else out of their season. We have to step up to the new thing that God is saying. We can't live in yesterday's book and yesterday's history because guess what history books are about? History. Got to step into the next and the new. I'm just debating in my mind now, how much more time do I have, Pastor Dan? 
10 minutes. Okay, I'm going to skip the rest of that. So God was speaking to my spirit last night and he was speaking to me from the story of Joseph over this house and how for many years Joseph was stuck under the floorboards of the palace. This is your new season, Meriden Community Church. And a moment came in history because Joseph had been faithful in interpreting the dreams of, and encouraging those around him, and this is for you, Dan, and also for this house, that the moment came when God moved him from the palace, from the prison to the palace. And for some years, Dan, and Dan, I know a lot of your story, but in your spirit, you felt like you were in a prison and God is about to release you to the palace in Jesus' name because you have been fruitful, you and Elisa, she watches this. You have been faithful and fruitful in the place of your confinement. God is about to release you from under the floorboards of the palace, as it were, to the prison, to the prison. From the floorboards of the prison, too many Ps, to the palace. And Dan, it's not just about this church. God is about to release you as a man who will plant multiple churches. And this is going to be a house that plants multiple churches across this community. And he's releasing you and Elise to have a word of authority over a region and not just over a community. Meriden Community Church, listen to me now. It's almost like behind the scenes and under the floorboards of the palace for many years, this house and the vision that was birthed in this house many years ago has been under the floorboards. But as this building has been released and you've literally just come into it, God is about to release you from where the vision was hidden beneath the floorboards of the palace. And he's about to take this house and release it as a light into the community. I shared my story on Friday night and I'll just share a tiny bit of this now because it's so apt. Dave reckons the best stuff happens when I shut my iPad. That's my husband. So a little bit of my story is this, that I was born the baby of a gang rape and, and I was um, adopted into a Christian home and, and all God has done with my life. And God spoke a word into my spirit in my mid-20s. He said, I'm going to take uh, the lowly and I'm going to seat them amongst princes. He spoke that about my life. And I want to speak over your house this morning that God is taking the lowly or what you thought was a low vision that was just meant for a community. And if God is going to seat you in the palace. And the one thing I know about my life from my story is that God has given me an authority to deliver, an authority to speak a word and it will be. And I know this morning that as I am speaking over your house today, I am speaking a word of breakthrough. I know from today on, even more miraculous miracles are going to begin to happen. I can see in my spirit almost people lining up outside that window waiting for a second service in Jesus' name. 
There's going to be young and old. There's going to be the poor and the rich sitting alongside each other in this house. There'll be queues. And, and, and I feel like there will be queues at the door to get in. And Dan, everything that you have dreamed in your spirit is going to come about in Jesus' name. So what we're going to do here this morning, I wonder if we could have the wonderful man on the band back up. Have I scared you, Witless Church, this morning? We're going to respond to God today, which is why I've left a little bit of time at the end. For some of us, we've not responded to God in years because we've, we've pulled on the hush puppies, the nice comfy shoes. Where are you going with those? No, it's all right. I'm, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing. And we've become just comfortable in our faith. But it's our time to realize we are called for such a time as this. We're called for such a time as this. There's actually a young man in the back row that I want to prophesy over and he's, he's, he's not looking at me right now. He's looking right down. You, sir. Yeah. With the ponytail. <laughs> and you don't need to stand. Don't even look at me. But I want to bring a word over your life this morning that God's hand is on your life. And you felt so far from him. And God wants to encourage you today that he knows you. He knows the plans he has for you. He knows the destiny he has for you. His arms are wrapped around you even at this season of confusion in your life right now. When you're feeling like completely confused and alone. God wants to encourage you today. That he has you. He has your heart. He has your life. He has dreams for you. And you've thought, I really can't, I just, it's almost like I've stopped dreaming because it's like everything I wanted's gone. And God would say, I'm going to restore the years that the locust has eaten. I'm going to do something very beautiful and very incredible in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning, church. Okay, so this is the deal. We're going to stand up the plate this morning, Meriden Community Church, Okay. You're very unlike anything else that exists, exists here at this moment on the Sunshine Coast. It's a beautiful vision. It's a beautiful vision. And this morning, we as a house need to lean in and your pastor needs to see you leaning in today. He does. So we're going to respond to God today. You ready? You got your skates on? The ladies know what's going to happen. So when I do altar calls, I'm just explaining to you so you know what's going to happen. I count to three because I reckon Jesus deserves haste. I mean, you know, he deserves running to God, I, I figure. And we're going to line our lives up today, not to a history book. We're not even going to line our lives up today to a nice building. We're going to line our lives up today to the vision of heaven, which is to touch a community with the grace of God. We're going to line our lives up today to the sequel, to the next book that God is writing over this church. Are you ready? I'm, I'm warning you. I'm only going to count to three. No, two and two thirds. Okay. Are you ready? You want to line your life up to the vision of this house and what God wants to do. I'm going to count to three. Are you ready? 
One, two, three, right across this place. Come right across this altar right now. Come on, don't be shy. If you want to line your life up this morning, even if you're older, come on, line your life up. Line your life up today. Line your life up today to what God wants to do in this house. In Jesus' name. Thank you once again for joining us. Feel free to contact us on our Facebook, our website, and jump on our Instagram at mcc.church. Also, make sure to rate and review as well as share. Finally, from all the team at MCC, have a blessed day. And until next time, bless you.